just ministered to that uh, to me with that. You know, I mean, you know, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would remind you and put things into remembrance. Amen. It's good. It's really good. Amen. Awesome. Well, um, let's uh, let's open your Bible to Psalm one eighteen, please. Amen. And um, what God's really laid on my heart today to share, um, you know, I, uh, I am thankf- thankful that we have a Father that loves us enough to want to bring things into our life that are going to, how I many you know that, that God has a good path for your life? Now, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be bumps in the road, there's going to be curves. Um, that's just a part of being on earth. It's a fallen world that we live in. But He has good things for your life. And one of the avenues that God wants to bring good things into your life, and I would even say the primary avenue that God wants to bring good things into your life is through wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. God wants to bring wisdom into your life. Now, God, uh, you know, he will, he will do amazing, miraculous, awesome things. He'll do miracles. He'll do signs. He'll do wonders. Um, he will, he'll, he, he's always in a mode of rescue, you know. And so there's always that place of rescue that God has to your life. But the ultimate deliverance that you um, can receive is wisdom. Yeah. Wisdom's the ultimate deliverance because wisdom will put you in a position of not needing a miracle. <laughs> yeah, it's true because wisdom wisdom will put you in a position of being the avenue that God wants to flow a miracle through. You can you can start to become um, you know I mean you know God you know God spoke to Abraham and said with blessing I will bless you right multiplying I will multiply you and you will be a blessing to the whole earth. And so, when God releases blessing, His intention is never just one-dimensional or singular. God, God releases blessing like stones skipping on the water. You know, and you, you drop a, you know, a stone in the water and, and it, 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 the, the water reverberates. Well, that's how blessing operates. And it, it comes into your life and it blesses you. And then thanksgiving arises out of your heart. And then other people see you get blessed, and the thanksgiving that arises out of your heart impacts their life. Ideally, ideal situation, as long as we don't allow jealousy and all those type of things to get in. And then um, what ends up happening is, is God's goodness just flows through us and impacts us individually and Im- impacts those around us. And you know, God wants to bless you and bring into your life so that you, uh, God can call on you to be an answer to somebody else's prayer. Whether that be a phone call, whether that be a shoulder to cry on, whether that be a rent payment, a house payment, car payment, um, that be uh, you know uh, someone to pray with, someone to study with, uh, fellowship, uh, you know God wants His goodness to flow to you and to flow through you, because when God is blessing you, it's not just personal. God wants to bless other people through your life, and so. And the primary avenue that this is done is through wisdom. Uh, God, God wants to give you wisdom. And, so, and what wisdom is, wisdom is not the accumulation of knowledge. And it's also not aptitude either. You know, aptitude, someone can have a high aptitude, they can score very high uh, on an IQ test, 
but not know how to function in everyday life and how to actually live a, live a good life. Uh, aptitude is not wisdom. Um, you know, wisdom is also not the accumulation of knowledge. I mean, you know, just because you can accumulate knowledge and be really good at Jeopardy doesn't mean you're going to be successful and happy in life. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so um, wisdom is very interesting because it's free. <laughs> it costs nothing. And yet the vast majority of humanity scramble trying to get all the things that wisdom produces that cost money and time and energy. What are you talking about? I mean, in Proverbs, uh, you know, in the book of Proverbs, I believe it's Proverbs 3, he says, if you'll seek wisdom, I'll bring stuff into your life. Let wisdom be number one, and then I'll bless you with, with stuff. Um, it's, I mean, a wisdom is, is better than, than gold, better than rubies, better than silver. Amen? And, and, and yet, most people spend their time seeking money and not seeking wisdom. How I many you know a little bit of wisdom will produce a whole lot of money? Just, a, just how I many know one witty idea, one one invention? Think about Snapchat. Think how much money Snapchat produces. Just an idea, just a concept, you know. Um, and so we shouldn't seek money. We we should we should seek God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And out of that place of knowing who you are in Christ, and out of that place of relationship, God wants to give you wisdom on how to overcome in every single area of your life. From from being a spouse, to being a husband, to being a wife, to being a son, to being a daughter to dealing with a six-month-old dog. <laughs> and I'm still seeking the Lord on wisdom concerning the six-month-old dog. I've tried everything. I don't know, I don't know what else to do. Like, we've, we've neutered him, for God's sake. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we've separated him from testosterone, you know? We thought that was the answer. No, it's not. I've tried to, I've tried to spank him. I've tried to be good to him. I've tried to feed him. I've tried to buddy up with him. I've made his food. I've been super nice to him. I've spanked him till, I'm, till my hand was sore. Um, I don't know what to do. Is that what it is? Get the dog high? That's what we need? Uh, excuse me. My dog needs mar- medical marijuana. Yeah, we need, we need brownies. We need edibles. This dog needs to chill. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Little bit of wisdom, whole lot of money. Here we go. Y'all ready? We use it to fund a missionary trip, you know. <laughs> I of course am kidding. But I do I I just like I'm I'm put out with, with, with my dog. You know what I'm saying? Like talk, just to my wisdom. So bring it into balance what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you you'll have this uninterrupted flow of wisdom and you'll become omniscient and you'll become a superhero and you never have any trouble. I'm saying that in a place of relationship, if you seek God and you ask Him, He'll give you wisdom and He'll help you with your life. Now, you're going to have time periods when you're operating in your own strength. You have time periods when you're doing it in your own strength. And when you are doing it in your own strength, He's not doing anything. And He's waiting on you to come to the end of yourself so you can trust Him so that He can do it for you and through you. Okay? And, and, um, and so you have periods of time when you're, when you, when you're, when you're kind of... 
How many know we can white-knuckle the wheel of our life? That's not the Christian way, (laughs) contrary to popular belief. Amen. How many of the Bible says that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light? He said, come to me, learn from me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light, I'm meek, I'm lowly in heart. And, And so the easiest thing in your life should be your relationship with God. Life is hard, but your relationship with God shouldn't be. It should be simple and easy. You know, and, and those of you that are getting a grasp on grace, I mean, you're probably getting a hold of that. But if, without an understanding of that, uh, you know, legalism makes your relationship with God the hardest thing in your life. Because you're, you're just always never feeling like you're good enough. You're always trying to scramble, always trying to perform. Kind of like the dog feels. Yeah, well said. Well said. <laughs> Amen. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> the, thing, the thing about Mike... We haven't seen Mike in probably three months. And, uh, because he's ministering out, he's preaching, he does bread of life and all that stuff. We haven't seen Mike in three months. And so, <laughs> Mike comes back up in this mug, right? <laughs> he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. He should just let it go, but he did. And here we are. Oh, man, I love Mike. Anybody, anybody in here, do you have a relationship with someone in your life, the way you show them love is you give them a hard time? Y'all have people like that in your life? Me and Mike are like that. Me and Mike are like that. Me and Logan are like that. I, I spent probably two hours yesterday just trolling Logan on Facebook <laughs> and laughing till I cried. <laughs> like, like, isn't that crazy? Like, I go look up these old pictures of him that just look funny and I post them on his timeline <laughs> and post them in comments on his feed. It's so, it's so funny, man. <laughs> So yeah, have that relationship. I'm, I'm not going to say a word. Mike's awesome. I love him. God bless him. That's all I got. Amen. Amen. Yes, we were happy to see Mike. Amen. We love you. But I forgot what it was like to preach with you in the crowd because Mike will say random stuff that's funny, but doesn't really like compliment the sermon. It's kind of like a, it's like a plunger. It's like, and you're like, <laughs> and it. And it takes you a second to come out of it, you know, like, you're just like, but, but the crowd love it, they all laugh, you know, it's, <laughs> forgot about that, that's Mike, man, you know, I've been preaching for, I don't know, probably 20 years, and I, I could write a book, a, a comedy book, on different types of people <laughs> that are in the audience, you know, the, the, the commentators, the commentators, you know, the people that fall asleep. Mike's in both categories. Um, <laughs> hey, I could just write a book about Mike. I don't even have to. <laughs> Preaching to Mike. <laughs> and what happens? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My wife's probably at home saying, Jeremiah, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. Praise God. Almost at 12 weeks. Nine days. How, why, are you, how do, why are you so astute on the numbers, Jeremiah? Because according to my, my website, internet research, my wife will, no, will not be nauseous in nine days because once the first trimester is over, the nausea is finished. So I have studied. 
have a timer on my phone. 19 hours and 36 minutes, and I'm just kidding. Oh, Lord, God love her, man. She's never been this nauseous before. She's always uh, had a little bit of nausea, but she's been nauseous 24 hours a day, man. So, yeah, it's tough. Tough, man. Yep, that'll, that'll put a crinkle in the house when mama's nauseous. Amen. What's that? Yeah, I know, right? Oh, I know. She says it's the girl. Yeah, that's right. I know. It's a girl. If you ask me, it's a girl. Her name's Lily. Middle name Marie. Been waiting on her for about 10 years. Praise God. She's finally here. She's late. <laughs> I'll be happy with the boy, too, though. So, anyway. Amen. So, where did, what were we talking about before we got derailed and started cracking on Mike and bring me back to the realm of the Spirit? Where were we... What was it? Wisdom. That's right. Wisdom. Amen. Uh, and, and the thing that kind of got me started on that was the dog. Because I don't know what to do with the dog. I need God to tell me. Right? Have I asked God? No. And this is our lives, ladies and gentlemen. I know the person that knows everything. But I'm going to, in my own strength, try to do it. Over and over and over again. And I finally, I've, I've come to the end of myself. Last night, I, yesterday I came to the end of myself. <laughs> with the dog. I went downstairs, and the dog has my CrossFit shoe in his mouth. Okay, and he's about, you, you know, they're expensive, dude. You know, this is a CrossFit coach. He used to be my CrossFit coach. And so, my CrossFit shoe's in the dog's mouth, right? So, I'm tired of spanking the dog. Like, I've grown weary. Like, I don't even want to spank the dog anymore. Like, it's like, we're finally at the point where... You know, our other dog, he had a conscience. <laughs> like, he cared. Like, he, he felt bad about things. This dog's like, forget you, man. <laughs> you know, it's like, if I can get away with it, I'm going to get away with it, you know, because I don't care, you know. And so he's chewing the chew. So I was telling him, I said, look, look, don't chew this, all right? And I just pop him on the snout a little bit, just letting him know this is not okay. Like, he doesn't already know it, but this is not okay. Two hours later, I come down, and he's ripping that shoe to pieces. Now, he's not doing that by accident. That's a choice. He said, forget you, man. I'm chewing your shoe up. I have zero respect for you. <laughs> so I spanked him, you know, and put him outside and, and then called him the name of the Lord. <laughs> I finally came to the end of myself. And you know what's going to happen? I'm going to get before the Lord. and I'm gonna, you know, how many, According to James, we can ask for wisdom, right? Any type, anything. And I'm going to ask, and the Lord's going to give me wisdom, and it may come through my wife. It may come through the internet. It may come through a sermon. It may come through God speaking in his still small voice. It may come a million different ways. But how many know once I ask, it's coming? What's that? Mike. Mike's my wisdom? Oh. Lord, if there be another way. <laughs> I'm only kidding, dude. <laughs> Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. <laughs> I, need to, I need to be careful here. Because once you push Mike so far, he's going to let you know you're number one. <laughs> we have guests today. We don't need that. <laughs> We're all just a family. We just have fun. Praise God. Oh, no, no, no. Uh-oh. About the dog? Have you tried to spray his booty around? Yeah. It didn't work? 
No, this dog. He's like, he's like, thanks, buddy. That's salad dressing. Yeah. He's like, he's like a honey badger. Like this dog, he feels no pain. He, he will eat anything. Anything. He'll eat anything. He, he ate a 50 pack of balloons. He ate them. Yeah, part, uh, half husky and half lab. I know. I, he's outside. I'm hoping that lab will kick in. Get lazy. Get fat. Come on, you know. Like, we don't need... Anyway, all right, yeah. I don't want to talk about my bad decision, all right? To my wisdom here, all right? I don't want to talk about my bad decision right now. You know what? You know what? He's got pretty blue eyes. And that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. I tell my wife at all time, I said, we are paying for these pretty blue eyes. And it was my son's choice, my teenager, you know, so, amen. All right, let's not talk, let's move forward, let's, uh, <laughs> but God has wisdom, he's going to give me wisdom, it's going to work out, but I had to come to my, into, my, into myself first in order to ask, amen, and um, that's, that's a part of it. Now, and that's not even the sermon today, the sermon's not even about wisdom, isn't that ironic? I promise I only keep you guys in here for 45 minutes, I promise, but it's not. It's actually the, the wisdom that this little life piece, and it's, a, it's, a, it's like, to me, it's like a gem, man. God will, he'll, he'll give you little nuggets, little gems on how to live life and how to make your life better here on earth. And a whole lot of that has to do with the, the, um, the condition of your heart. Not your physical heart, your spiritual heart. When your heart is clear and clean um, and your motives are good, then... Uh, um, you're, you're, you're going to be living in a state of enjoying life more. Um, and and so, so God wants to give you all the pieces uh, so that you can have that, that place, that, that purity of heart. And, here, and here's one of the pieces of, of the puzzle that is going to really cause you to function properly. And, and really, it, it's supposed to be the dynamic in the engine behind all of your, of your, of your Christianity in your life, really, as a child of God. And, and what it is, is it's gratitude. God wants to bring your heart into a place where gratitude is the driving force behind your life. When you are thankful, you are happy. When you are not thankful, you are not happy. I don't care what you have. I don't care how great your circumstances is. How many of y'all, I, I have eaten, and this is a proverb, I've had cheese and crackers with a joyful, happy heart that was better than a filet mignon with strife. The, 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 the quality of your life, the parameter of your spirituality, the temperature gauge of where you're at spiritually is your gratitude. It's not the abundance of information you have in your head. It's not how long you've been saved. It's not how many titles you have. It's not how short your hair is, how long your hair is. It's none of these things. It's not anything external. It is the, the place when you are thankful, you are happy. Now, when you first got saved, how I many you know your, 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 um, your thanksgiving was off the charts? You were overwhelmed with gratitude. And I dare say for a moment you experienced something called joy. See, Thanksgiving has the ability to erupt into something called joy. And joy and Thanksgiving together are the ultimate Christian strength. Because 
when I am joyful and thankful, joyful about what the Lord's done in my life and thankful, it is a propelling force where my motives are tirelessly driven by gratitude, not obligation, not fear, not guilt, not condemnation, just gratitude. I'm so thankful. So that, I, you know, remember in, in Scripture where Paul talked about this superhuman energy or this grace that came upon his life to accomplish his calling? If you look at it in the, in the Amplified, it actually uses those, those type of words. There is an empowerment in grace that will cause your life to be very joyful. And, um, and, and I'll also say, you know, that, that word, you know, the word for grace is the word charis, and that's where we get the word for gratitude is eucharistio. Um, and um, the root of it is grace. And so there's something about thanksgiving that's rooted and grounded in grace. And, and when I'm receiving an unmerited favor, when I'm receiving an undeserved favor, and I'm receiving the blessing of the Lord, and this charis, this joy, this thanksgiving um, starts to arise in my life because I find out that I am a child in whom the Lord loves and whom the Lord favors, and in experiencing that graciousness and that kindness of the Lord, I fall in love with Him, I get wooed by Him, and my weaknesses actually end up serving as strengths. Because my weakness is where His strength is made perfect, and my weakness is where it shows me that I need Him as the captain of my salvation, and my weakness becomes uh, really the breeding ground of grace. My weakness is what causes me to call out to Him. Even in the scenario with the dog, I was weak. I came to the end of myself. I called out on the name of the Lord. That's when he's strong. And so grace in experience in a place of weakness, not in a place of self-righteousness or self-will or strength, sets the stage for a life lived in gratitude to happen. And, and so because I'm experiencing something I did not earn and I did not deserve, I have no other response but thank you. I have no other response but gratitude. It's the only response I have. And so what it does is it keeps it from being about me. Like, I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. I'm just grateful. And it makes it about the Lord. I mean, it's the Lord's goodness, right? I'm thankful. It's His goodness. It's the goodness of God that leads you to change, Right? In this place of grace, you're experiencing goodness so strong, it's overwhelming you that out of a place of gratitude, you want to live a life that glorifies God's name. You want to live a life free from the dominion of sin. You want to live a life uh, that honors Him, that glorifies Him, out of a place of gratitude. Y'all tracking me with that here? Gratitude. And so, how many know that that is a better engine to run your life on than obligation? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Anybody ever in here feel obligated to do something? All the time? Do you like it? No, you don't. Do you know that you can have fun, beautiful things in your life that have fallen into a place of obligation? That shouldn't, it shouldn't be an act of obligation. It should be an act of joy and relationship, but you've allowed it to slip over into obligation. Because the engine of your life, your heart, is sputtering and not on thanksgiving. When you get your, your heart back to a place of gratitude, I mean, all of a sudden you become thankful, and out of a place of thanksgiving, happiness and joy starts to arise. Can I get an amen? 
You know what one of the things quarantine did for me? It helped me to appreciate nature. Helped me to appreciate the outside and be so thankful and grateful that I can be outside. You know what I'm saying? Made me, made me thankful for small things. Going to the gym. Little, little things that I used to take for granted I now enjoy more. And so what happened was, and, and I'm, I would never praise you know, the quarantine. It's awful. It's evil. It's not good. I hate, I'm not the quarantine itself, but just the virus. But how many of you know that God will take bad things and make good things out of them? He does it all the time. And, and so it, 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 it kind of jump-started my heart back to a place of gratitude. Okay, so how I many know that, once again, you can do something out of a place of obligation or you can do something out of a place of gratitude? How I many you know if I'm playing with my children out of a place of obligation, I'm not enjoying it as much as if I was doing it out of a place of gratitude? Spending time with my spouse. If I'm spending time with my spouse out of a place of obligation, I'm not going to enjoy it as much as if I'm doing it out of a place of gratitude. And what happens is, is when we're not thankful... We, 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 we place um, certain expectations on each other. See, if someone tries to obligate me into spending time with them, I'm less likely to enjoy it. Y'all tracking me here? Because it turns it into like a transactional thing. And, 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 and so God, He doesn't want your life lived out of a place of obligation, in a place of grumbling. See, Check it out. How many you know everybody out there is mad? They all mad. They all mad. I've decided I'm done being mad. <laughs> I'm done. Now, in my quitting of being mad, uh, how many of the Bible says be angry and sin not? Amen. So anger in and of itself is not evil. Anger, there's a time for anger. There's a time for righteous indignation. There's a time for taking a stand. There's a time for all these things. I don't question that. And I do... But anger is not the default setting of your heart. And if you live angry, it's going to impact your health. And it's going to impact the quality of your life. And if you allow that anger to fester and to turn into offense and bitterness, it will literally, it, it, it will blind you. Offense is blindness. You know? Um, you because what, what we have is we, we just have these mob mentalities that are arising in our nation of, of, of blind allegiance to offense and injustice. And, and here's the challenge. The, 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 there are real problems that need help and need answers. But... As believers, our primary calling is to be a peacemaker. As a believer, your primary calling is to carry peace. Now, don't compromise what you believe. Take a stand for what you believe. But don't join the angry mob and think you're a part of the answer. Because the enemy plays both sides of the field. And he loves to get us mad and fighting and offended and separated and disjointed and all of these things. That's why the Bible says to strive for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Amen? Peacemakers. Amen? And so gratitude is 
what God has for your life, what God has for my life. That, that's that default setting. And, and it's not a place of anger. Um, it's a place of peace. It's a, it's a place of gratitude. And you know, you're, you're, you're living not out of a place of obligation, but here comes that desire. How many know the Bible says where desire comes, it's a tree of life? How many know there's a tree of life and there's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Jesus will restore a healthy desire in your heart to give you a healthy want to. And that only happens as you allow Him to love you. How many know God wants to love the condemnation off you, love the unworthiness off of you, love the, um, the, the sin mentality off of you? He wants to love all of these things off of you and, you know, and bring you into that place where you can receive that love and you can know your value and you can receive that peace and then you can you know, live out of a place of want to. Because, see, I only, I mean, you know, love, love will fuel you. I mean, you know, love gives you a reason to live. It does. It's one of the beautiful things about children. Children are a natural invitation to, to live for something other than yourself. And in that, they are one of the greatest forms of deliverance on earth. Because as human beings, we don't get, we don't, we don't get free from self easily. I mean, you know, children have saved you know, people's lives, man. Start to live for something other than themselves, amen? Well, God, what love does is, is love is an invitation to live for something other than yourself. You know, allowing that love to go, to go to you, allowing that love to go through you. And then when you're living for love's sake, there's a want to. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, love will make you do things that nothing else will. Amen. You know, love made me, I went to Apple store at the mall yesterday. Was there for four hours. Because my son broke his phone. And he needed his phone. And, and I didn't do it out of a place of obligation. I didn't have to do it. I could have waited several days. No, he's got a, he's got an iPad he can work with and all that. But I thought I want to be good to him. I want to be kind to him. I want to do something for him that he didn't earn, he didn't deserve, because he broke the phone. You know what I'm saying? Like he broke it. But like I don't know. In my heart, there was there was there was love there. There wasn't like anger. There wasn't any of that. There was just love. And so I responded out of love, and I did all that out of love. And when I gave it to him. It was an act of love. And how many know that any action that's based in love has power? See, th actions that are, that, that are lined and tied with ulterior motives don't have the same kind of power. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? If I'm like, well, I'm going to do this for you so that you'll do this for me. That's low level, man. That's not kingdom. You know, or I'll scratch your back if you scratch my back. That, that, that's, not the, that's not the way to run relationships. If you run relationships like that, you're going to be living in a, uh, a transactional state of I'll, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. And that's not, God has a better place than that for you in every aspect of your life. And um, because love will lift you out of that. And love says, I'm going to scratch your back whether you scratch my back or not, because God scratched my back.
this morning. <laughs> and because God has filled up my cup for free, I will pour into you, not expecting anything in return. Now, I have times when I do that well, like with the phone, and then I have times when I don't do that well at all. You know, so I never want to present like this picture of, well, oh, he's just, oh, he floats through life and blah, 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 just loves everybody. No, 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 no. No, I'm human. I make mistakes. I do dumb stuff. I beat the dog. You know what I'm saying? I get mad. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, but, but that particular time, love flowed through me, and man, it just made a deposit into my son's heart that um, I couldn't have made any other way. Y'all tracking me here? I mean, oh, that's wisdom. Spirit-led life. Does it make sense? Does it make logical sense? No, the logical thing to do is to take his daggone phone away from him and make him buy another one, right? That's a lot. And there, hey, and there's a time to do that. Can I get an amen? Yes, there is. There's a time to do that. There's a time to do all these things. But only wisdom can lead you through those. Only God knows the proper way and the proper time for everything. And the proper expression of love. How many times, how many know sometimes love says yes? Sometimes love says no. It's just the facts, man. And it's the same with us. And so in God fathering us and giving us wisdom, you know, there's going to be yeses and there's going to be no's. I mean, you know, we all love the yeses. But you develop a taste for the no's. How many of the no's are even sweeter than the yeses? Why, Jeremiah? Because the no's say, I love you, and if you walk down that road, you're going to get hurt. Amen. How many of the no's are even sweeter than the yeses? When we really understand true discipline and the true way wisdom operates, we will relish correction. We'll relish it. We'll seek after it. We will want it. I mean, that's the mark of a wise man, is to want correction. I mean, a wanting correction is not real popular in the world we live in. <laughs> like, everybody has their opinion. No one wants to be shown what's right. Everyone wants to prove they're right. <laughs> I should probably say that again, right? That's a bumper sticker at a t-shirt. <laughs> no one... Wants to be shown what's right. Everybody wants to prove they're right. Amen. Yeah. And I was that kid, so I mean, I can relate. I don't have a problem with those people because I know what it's like to be like that. And I used to be that guy, so they just need love. That's all they need, you know. They just need to know that they have value. Amen. But God, God wants to bring us into this place of, of gratitude and thanksgiving and a healthy heart and allowing our lives to be driven by a want to, not by a have to. That is that path of life. That is that narrow path. Uh, that, that's the yoke of Jesus. It's an easy, light yoke. And uh, that's what God has for you. Now, I'm not saying all that to say that your life's going to be perfect, because how many know you're going to have challenging times? But you know that sometimes your thanksgiving is a defense against bitterness, against anger, against offense. Against fear. How many of you have the right and ability to thank the Lord at any time that you want? At any time that you want, you have the ability to take your attention and your focus off of your problem and put it onto your Lord and thank Him and be grateful. Gratitude. How many of you, that's a good life? A thankful, how many of y'all enjoy being around someone who's thankful? How I many you know you don't enjoy being around somebody who's not thankful for anything? 
Because they, they kind of sour everything. See, because gratitude is the spice of life. Whatever you're eating, whatever you're doing, you know what's going to make it sweeter? Sprinkle some gratitude on it. <laughs> Ice cream, better with gratitude. Steak, better with gratitude. Cheese and crackers, better with gratitude. Rainy day, better with gratitude. Quarantine, better with gratitude. <laughs> Walmart, better with gratitude. Amazon, better with gratitude. AT&T, better with gratitude. Husky puppies, better with gratitude. <laughs> So now let me tell you another funny story, and we'll, cl- and we'll close. Um, oh, gosh. Praise God. I'm like a cross between Wreck-It Ralph, Thor, and Chris Pratt. And my Wreck-It Ralph side has really been flaring up pretty bad. I've been trying to work on stuff at the house, okay? I'm a man. I got a beard. Got a Swedish, Swedish heritage. Can deadlift 450 pounds, no problem. But if you put a screwdriver or a nail or a hammer in my hand, I'm going to break something. And, uh, and I'm going to try real hard to do the right thing, and I'm going to fail. And then my wife's going <laughs> to sit me down and tell me, I told you not to do this. But periodically over the years, I have tossed my wife's wisdom aside, put on my macho manly belt, and decided to go try to fix something. So we've been doing some stuff at the house. Other people have been doing stuff, which is good, right? You know, people have been helping us and doing some stuff and all that. And so I decided that I am going to strip our old porch. And I am going to, I'm going to pressure wash it. I'm going to strip it. I'm going to refinish it. I'm going to put stain on it. And it's going to look great. And it's just a little tiny porch. It's not that big. I got this, right? My wife, don't do that. Oh, no, honey, I've, I've done this before. I've done this many times, twice. (laughs) And so, like, first, the the first pressure washer doesn't work. It's not strong enough. I got to go get an industrial pressure washer. It's too strong. And it rips through the the boards of the the porch like, like a daggone Elmer Fudd cartoon. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just, like, ripping this thing up. But once I get going, it's like, well, here I am. You know what I'm saying? I got to finish ripping it all up, and I'll just, I'll just have to stain it or something. You know? And so I rip it all up. It takes forever. And the whole time, the dog's losing his mind. You know, the dog's going crazy while this is going on. And then, so then finally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, you know, a couple days you know, later, sun's out, dries off, going to stain it, trying to stain it, can't stain it. It's awful. I'm painting everything. Uh, you know, the house. <laughs> it's just It's so like, and so my wife's upset, my porch looks awful, I spent so much time doing it, I spent so much money doing it, and I'm going to have to just pay somebody to do it. I mean, that's, we've come to this point where I'm reaching out to people, yeah, I know. It's, and so like, I'm sitting down on the porch eating my humble pie that my wife has served hot and fresh for me, <laughs> letting me know that I should have listened to her. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there eating that sandwich, right? Knowing I'm wrong and knowing she's right, you know, and like. <laughs> and then I start to think about you guys. And I start to think about the sermon on gratitude that I've prepared for you. <laughs> and how incredibly unthankful I am at that moment. 
my gosh. Isn't that funny? Wow. Praise God. I was. I was. Hey, man, all good ministry has ministered to the minister first. Yeah, yeah. If it hasn't ministered to me, it's just head knowledge. And then I'm just putting, I'm just throwing out facts, and that's not what you need. You need something that's worked for somebody, you know? So, anyway, praise God. So, it's funny, man. What a day, right? All right. So, and I, and I got over into a place of gratitude, and my attitude changed, and it was better, and it was good. And, amen. All is well. So, um, and so that's just, a, that's just a tweak, man. It's just a little bit of wisdom. Anybody in here, how many of y'all could be a little more thankful and get your attention and your focus just back on the proper thing? See, being thankful, it's not some great spiritual trait. It's just reality. You're actually seeing clearly. You have a lot to be thankful for. Amen? I mean, you know Jesus. You're saved. You're going to heaven. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you're an American citizen. You know, you know there's all these different things. I mean, there's... <clears throat> A lot of things to be thankful for, amen, and I'm not going to spend time there. And all the times that God's moved for you, all the times God's helped you. And I know there are times when you jumped and nobody caught you. And I'm sorry. And I don't have all the answers. Amen? Because I know you can't explain everything that happens on this planet. There are awful things that happen, and I don't have all the answers, and I'm not even going to try, like I, try to act like I do. But I'll tell you this, if you'll push through the hard times, and you'll go back to a thankful heart, your life will be better and you'll see more clearly. And when you get to heaven, God will explain to you why. Because right now you just can't understand. You don't have the ability to understand. Just like me trying to explain to my two-year-old, you know, why he's got to change his diaper. You know, like he does not know why. And he would fight me all day long about it, you know. But like he got to change his diaper, but he can't understand it. So I just have to change it for him. And there are times when God, there are certain things that happen in your life and my life that we don't understand. And you're not going to understand until you get to the next side. But when you get to the next side, I promise you, you're going to find out that God was even better than what you thought he was. He's a good God. Amen. Amen. Well, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to, we're, we're done. We're, we're going to finish. We're going to continue worshiping the Lord with our giving here this morning. And those of you watching online, if you guys want to give into our ministry, um, gracepointgeorgetown.com you can go to our website and uh, you can click on there and uh, you guys can partner with us but Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16 it says from, the, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share and causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love um, our, a part of our calling as believers is to partner uh, with ministries and to support them financially, you know um, that's just a part of it. And um, uh, it's it's not a transactional thing in the sense that you're paying for something, but it is that you're just supporting somebody. You know, you're supporting a church, you're supporting a ministry. If I'm feeding from a ministry, then I always in my heart, God always leads me to sow back into that ministry and to bless them. Because um, ba basically what I'm doing is I'm honoring them and I'm honoring their time. Um, and I'm, I'm honoring them as an individual, you know. And um, that's a part of the body of Christ. And then not only that, I mean, you know, in a, you know, in a local church setting, I mean, you know, we all help each other. Amen? Like, we all help each other. Like, it's just a family, you know. Like, 
you know, we, we all brought, we brought so many daggone donuts today, it's not even funny, you know, like, we haven't brought donuts in forever, and then everybody brought donuts today, you know, and, um, yeah, I know, right, right, and so, you know, there's just, there's just different ways that we express love, and it's something that we do together, and our online community is the same way, I mean, so much of what we do now is online because of how uh, the whole quarantine thing is, you know, you know, Stacy, she would love to be here, but at the same time with her, with her being pregnant and uh, her having a two-year-old, she can actually more successfully watch the video from home than she can from church. <clears throat> because, you know, if Eli were here, because we don't have children's church, if Eli were here, Eli would be ripping and running. <laughs> he just would be, you know, and we would want him to be because he's a kid. And so the beauty of, the, of just this season, and I don't think a season's going to last forever, but this is a season where... You know, there's a lot of online stuff, um, you know, that's happening and makes it easier for people. And I mean, you know, there's no condemnation in Christ. You come if you want to come. If you don't want to come, you stay home, whatever you feel led to do, you know. But we partner with each other and we help each other. And, um, and that looks different uh, in different people's lives. You just have to be led by the Spirit of God. So with that, if you need to give an all this morning, we'll get one to you. Um, and then we do have a baptism today, and I'm so excited. It's going to be awesome. We're so thankful that you've made the decision, and we're thankful to be a part of it with you, and who are, who are, who are these wonderful people? Okay, cool, awesome, welcome, welcome. So, so, so difficult to meet people when they, when, uh, you know, when everybody's wearing masks, you know, it's like, you just look into people's eyes, you can't really see their face. Yeah, amen, it's a part of it though. <clears throat> it is a part of it, and you know, and, and we're also doing youth on Wednesday nights at our place, so. Uh, we'd love to have the boys come out. I know you guys are probably busy with baseball and stuff like that, but we've been re- we had a pool party last week and uh, had a really good time and really good lesson and really good pizza and all that kind of stuff. So Wednesday nights we do stuff at our place. So, Amen. So Father, we thank you and praise for the opportunity to give. We uh, ask that you just bless. Uh, just thank you, Lord. You bless. bless. I thank you, Lord. We're already blessed, and uh, we're we're honored to give and to partner uh, with you and with what you're doing in the kingdom and. And Lord, uh, we just thank you for great days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. And there's uh, green beans. Okay. Okay. Okay, nice. Yeah. So 